0: All right, so um, we're going to be in Colossians for the next few weeks, as Daddy says. And uh, so today we'll do a little background. We'll work through the first few verses. Um, How many of you play uh, like the puzzles and crosswords and so forth, like on the comic page of the paper? How many you'll do that? All right, and you know the one that has the box full of boxes with numbers on it. What is it? Sudoku, Sudoku, Sudoku. I don't know how you say it, but all right. Who 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 plays that? All right. So, somebody explain to me how you figure out how to, how to put the right number in the box. Somebody. Process of Go ahead and make sure you guys. The first time I ever played it, I it was impossible. It can't be done. So they give you a few numbers in a few places and based on that you figure out how they connect with each other right same skill is how we find out a lot about colossians right we get a lot of what you would call internal evidence what the bible says about itself uh is kind of how we learn about uh, where colossians fits in with the context of what paul was up to and uh, so forth so first of all a little geography uh, so, too tall? Probably too tall for me. Uh, so, if you can see here, um, these are Paul's missionary journeys, and what we're talking about is here in the Aegean Sea. Here's Rome over here, where we think Paul was. Although some people think he was at Ephesus, but most people think he was in prison in Rome. And here we have <clears throat> some of the places we've talked about. So, here's uh, Philippi. Uh, Here is Ephesus, and uh, I'm sorry, Ephesus is here, and then there's this river that goes through here, and you'll hear some familiar names. Here's Ephesus, Smyrna, Thyatira, Pergamum, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea, and in the middle of there is Colossae. You'll recognize a lot of those names. um, They're in Asia Minor from the churches that Jesus wrote in Revelation, uh, those seven churches, uh, letters to the seven churches. Well, Colossae uh, was on the river valley there, um, about a hundred miles east of Ephesus. It was close to Laodicea. It was close to this town called Heropolis, and uh, it was kind of in a river valley there, and. Um, there was a trade route that went through there and like a lot of what we've seen here and in our neck of the woods um, there were some things that kinda made the town kinda populous and active and bustling and then that changed you know I have a lot of patience in Great Falls and um, at one time it was bustling right there was the textile mill there I think Stevens uh, textile mill and the mill closed up shop and great falls is n- waiting for some stuff to happen well the big road went through Colasse, and then the trade route for whatever reason it moved so it was a kind of a bustling city but was probably a little bit on the decline a little bit we don't hear much about it anymore it's a very earthquake prone re- region a lot of people feel that it, probably earthquake got it at some point in time but uh, it was a it was a decent-sized city metropolitan a lot of uh because it was a trade uh you had people of every race there and um, that was that was a deal and the timing we have pretty well down is probably in the year 60-ish ever take a year um, so a while ago uh, so there's some things that connect Christians and colossians um, in, uh, and one of the big things is that uh, they were both written in prison. So there's information that, that he was in prison in both of these. We've talked about that extensively when we looked at Ephesus. If you feel, flip over to Colossians uh, chapter four, verse seven, uh, we have another connection with our buddy Tychicus. It says Tychicus will tell you all about my activities. He is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the lord tychicus was carrying the letter to ephesus right and dropped off the letter in ephesus kept on going to the church in Colossae, and um, so knowing that you know i i it was kind of interesting to do a little maps if you if you look at like israel about the middle of israel if you drew a line which, latitude or longitude? Which ones go horizontal? Latitude. latitude? The latitude seems to be about at Savannah. And the top of Israel seems to be about if you went from like Savannah to maybe Columbia. Alright? Right on that on that line. North there, all of these cities would be about, if using that as a reference point, about the north carolina virginia state line that's kind of how far they are apart but east to west from rome to ephesus and it would be about as far from charlotte to oklahoma city and that's if there there weren't big bodies of water in between now they probably took a boat for part of it anyway so knowing that ticket has carried all these letters you got to figure it was one trip right He wasn't going to be doing a lot of shuttle stuff on on the airplane. So Tychicus had these letters. Um, They were both written by Paul. They were both written when he was imprisoned in Rome, as best we could tell. And uh, there was one other letter, actually two other letters, that Tychicus was carrying. Colossians, the book of Colossians about the church in Colossae, is very closely connected with the little book of Philemon. All right? philemon is the book right before hebrews all right and so here's kind of how this all gets connected if you jump down to chapter one verse seven chapter one verse seven he's going through his introduction and so forth and he says just as you learned it from epaphras our beloved fellow servant he is a faithful minister of christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. So here's the way this worked. Best we can tell, Epaphras got saved while he was in Ephesus. He goes back home to Colossae, and starts a church. Eventually he leaves Colossae, hooks up again with Paul in Rome and is there along with Timothy helping him out when Paul is in Rome for several years under house arrest okay here Paul's in Rome talking with Epaphras and Epaphras tells him about these folks in Colossae in this map these missionary journeys Paul doesn't go to Colossae he's never been there all he knows is what he's heard from his buddy Epaphras So, while he's in Rome, another guy named Onesimus, he's a slave, he gets saved, becomes very useful to Paul. Turns out, Onesimus is from Colossae also. So now Paul has like a double connection with these people. He's heard about them from a couple people. He has a connection with them. He hears what's going on. So since Tychicus is going back to Ephesus, he also sends a letter to Colossae, and he also sends a letter a personal letter, this letter Philemon. It's about Onesimus, it's written to Philemon. The church at Colossae met in Philemon's house. Okay, we know this from the book of Philemon. And it seems like um, it was a husband wife uh, in the, the first uh, part of Philemon. Um, Paul says to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and Aphia, our sister. So people think that was probably Philemon's wife. And Archippus, our fellow soldier, some people think Archippus might have been Philemon's son and that he might have been what you might call the local pastor in the church. All right, so we got so our sudoku is filling in right so we've got paul in rome with several folks but at least timothy for the purposes of this story and tychicus the curry epaphras the guy that started the church in colossi perhaps started the church in laodicea because it was very close to there um onesimus the slave who just happens to be in rome right god's providence just so happens to be in rome just so happens to get saved just so happens to, gets to accompany tychicus on the mission on the uh, courier uh, mission drop off the letters and since he's a runaway slave he's in trouble that's the whole story of philemon, philemon could write onesimus up but paul says hey he's a christian take him back He's, he's, he's your brother now, so accept him back uh, because he's, he's a changed man from, from Wendell's story of Philemon and redemption and restoration, that sort of thing. So you start to get this, this picture of uh, what the church in Colossae is all about, but it's, he knows about it because of, of these two, two men, especially from the testimony of Epaphras. There's some other information that we know about this book while we're talking about big themes and if you have to say well why did paul feel the need to write this church that he really didn't know personally kind of knew second hand and that is apparently and we're making some assumptions here but based on the content of what we'll be studying for the next few weeks it appears that there was a few things going there were a few things going on in the church that needed some correction Starting with parts of chapter 2, primarily. uh, Verse 8, it says, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. So here's where he's cranking up here. And he's like, all right, now, I don't want you guys to be... Well, the assumption is that somebody was misleading them. It picks up on you in questions of food and drink with with regard to festivals or new moons or Sabbaths, etc. So people were trying to impose um, some extra rules. Uh, This is a familiar theme, right? We went through this in Galatians where it was the Jews that were saying you need to be more Jewish, uh, even though you're a Christian. Well, here we have... um, some other, not necessarily Jewish, but uh, some people think a prominent person in the church probably a prominent personality in the church that was saying, well, yeah here's the gospel and everything but if you really want to be if you really want the higher level of understanding maybe kind of the secret handshake sort of stuff, well, then there's some other things you need to do, right? And, and that's what Paul is writing against. And so the big theme, or one of the big things of the book of Colossians is the preeminence of who Christ is. In Ephesians, he talks about, you know, we talked about being in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. But the focus really on Ephesians is, is the whole working of the church. In Colossians, it's a little bit different focus, same message, but a little bit different focus. It's all about our, our true connection with Jesus and his preeminence. His deity, we'll find out, uh, is very much highlighted here. Um, it's, he's our authority. Um, it's, the, it's the essence of the gospel that you need to focus on, the extraneous things that you need to focus on. Let's get, let's get the basics. Um it would not take you long to read through all of Colossians, and we've said that about all of these four little books. But if you and I recommend you do this to kind of read it through in one sitting, if you did that every minutes. But if you did that, so many things would sound familiar to you. So many themes, so many verses would sound very familiar to you. Um, And if you think about it, that kind of makes sense, right? If you're a pastor and you got one shot, um, it's probably the time you'll be able to speak into the lives of this congregation a thousand miles away. You don't want to have a lot of fluff in there right you want to just say what you need to say say the stuff that's really important um, this could be a really good cliff notes of the gospel. If you just if you just had a few pages um, I'm used to, I left my uh, car at the office earlier this week because Mary and I were running errands and my, my Bible's in my my normal Bibles in my car. I have another Bible that I use that I just, it has a big margin, so I, I use it to just like write devotional stuff in it. But the, I got it when I was a little younger, and uh, <laughs> the print is still pretty small. But, <laughs> but on this Bible, it takes two and a half pages. All right? That's all. Two and a half pages, and if that's all you had to, to give this letter, uh, you can understand why everything in it has so much content. So it'll be a fun, it'll be a fun study. Uh, like I said, a lot of familiar themes in here. And uh, so I, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to it. Um, all right, one more big theme that I want to talk about before we go through just a few verses. This is in chapter 1, picking up with verse 9. And we'll actually probably start here next week. But picking up verse 9, it says, And so from the day we heard... We used to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. And then the prayer continues from there. It says, so as to, in the ESV, I think NIV says something like, that... Um, what what are those other little what's that prepositions? What 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 else is there? And if you have another translation, first couple of words in verse ten. So that you will walk. So that. What else? That you might. That you might. You get the idea. This is a statement of Paul's purpose. His purpose, not just for writing, but his purpose for that group of people. I'm praying all this and by assumption, writing all this so as to, in order that, that you might. He lays on what is it he wants them to do. Right? So, we as a group probably been exposed to a heck of a lot of bible teaching for what purpose why is it just so that we can play bible jeopardy one day and get the answers no it's that we can walk so that we can apply, so that we can be transformed by it and be different by what we've been exposed to. If we're not open to being changed by what we hear and what we read and what people encourage us about, then we're really missing the point. Right? Um. So, if you had to boil down to one word, I would submit the word so. Or if you want to make it a little broader, so what? So that, or why? Why? You got it? So, I think a a, a key topic is some correction by Paul about maybe a... A personality leading them in a little bit of a wrong direction. The big theological point is the deity of Christ. But the big practical point is I want you to be different. I want you to not just be saved, but be saved to do something, to be something different. To to Because he knew that corner of the world there's a lot going on there. And right now, this is all Turkey. You think there's a little stuff going on in Turkey right now? One of the, one of the smallest percentages of Christians in the world right now. Think about that. Very important. All right, let's look at some, some verses. You read a few of these letters, they kind of start to sound the same. Because Paul, you know, he starts off, you know, we we get our own little mannerisms. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother. There's Tim there. Paul identifies himself as an apostle. You know, there are some letters we we read where Paul goes off about all his credentials, right? Um, He didn't need to do that with the church at Colossae. he was kind of piggybacking on Epaphras. you know. I'm sure they had heard of Paul, um, but he didn't. You know, it was fine. They he didn't have to go off on on his authority there. Verse two: to the saints and fellow brothers in Christ at Colossae. In other words, identifying himself within with them. Always a good thing to do. Grace to you and peace from God our Father. Verse three. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. We pray for you since we heard of your faith, love, hope. You know, there's that trilogy that Paul hits fairly often, right? Faith, hope, and love, all right there. Of this heard before, this is verse 5, of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit. The gospel is still bearing fruit and growing, right? Um, In fact, it's probably growing in places where um, it's in its most raw form, right? Right? and this is kind of the nature of things, that um, whenever anything, there's a maturity to it, you know, the once a tree gets kind of mature looking, it doesn't grow as fast, continues to grow, doesn't grow as fast, um, it has a different role, reproduction and so forth. Um, the early growth is often very fast growth, and, and there are parts of the world where it's growing very fast, and, and we're grateful for that. But it's always going to... Those are two big signs of growth there, bearing fruit and growing. He says, as it also does among you since you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Um, one other point I, I intended to make but I forgot... Um, about uh i'm just picturing as i as i read that verse about who they hear it from they heard it from a Um if you flip over to chapter 4 verse 16 where paul's telling them what to do with the letter he says and when this letter has been read among you have it also read to the church of the laodiceans so this is a church that wasn't that far away um I would guess more in the order of, probably less than 50 miles away, 20 miles away, probably. And then look at what else it says. And it says, and see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. So that's at least four letters that Paul sent with Tychicus. The letter to Ephesus, the letter to Colossae, the personal letter to Philemon. And now we find that he also wrote a letter to Laodicea, which didn't make it into scripture. But it was information for that church, and and read each read each other's letters. Um, nowadays we would just copy it or hit CC. Um, but uh, so I think that's kind of interesting. In other words, we're filling in the uh, filling in the uh, uh, gaps there. And then in verse 17, right below that, it says, "And say to Archippus, see the ministry that you have." Res- Received in the Lord, and that's kind of a uh, a personal word that sounds like what you, a pastor who was in charge of his people. And I, you know, we hear about Archippus being mentioned in Philemon's uh, personal letter, and then we hear Paul's personal word to Archippus there. So that's that's why people think um, uh, that Archippus might have been the pastor of church at Colossi. And then in the last verse, uh, I write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains. So that's that final evidence that he was also in prison there. Uh, back to our back to our text. Um, verse six: uh, The gospel, which is to you as indeed in the whole world, it is bearing fruit and growing, as it also does since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Uh, so, let me just bring out a couple points in this, and um, then we'll dig in a little deeper next week. One is, um, I thought it was very interesting, and, and you can, implications, but, Epaphras started the church, it seems. But where was Epaphras? He was in Rome, Right? So sometimes the skills it takes to start a church aren't necessarily keep a church going. So it's obvious that it really doesn't take a lot of formal training to run a church. Right? Church was going fine. Paul was happy about a whole lot that was going on there. Um, Archippus was... Kind of just keep things on. Now, what what can formal training do for you? It can keep you out of heresy. So Paul was was kind of given a little education to the church, but um, there's not a lot of um, ecclesiastical hierarchy going on at the church at Colossae. So as you know, we're in a time of um, a pastor and that sort of thing, it's just kind of interesting. Um, there's one little line to Archippus in this book. Pretty much everything's written to the church, the whole church. So it got me thinking, and I, I, I'm too sacrilegious, but, you know, Co- covenant is part of the Southern Baptist Convention, and we're part of South Carolina's Baptist Convention. And if it so happened that some leader in one of those two areas wanted to send covenant a word of encouragement or something like that, how would they do it today? Right. They wouldn't just write the church, right? It would have to go through the pastor, right? Probably over lunch. You know, hearing some things, you know, there's some personality stuff going on there at covenant. They're kind of... Kettenhof heading off the wrong track there, and I think you're there in Lancaster, and um, and here's some things. I think there's some programs that we could suggest to you, and you know we've got a few um, things that have worked in other churches. So let's, you know, why don't you think about implementing those? Um, a lot of stuff, kind of pastor, and the typical congregation we kind of expect that too, right? We kind of expect. Stuff to come through the, past, the pastor and we kind of wait for it. I think the, the message here is that you don't have to wait for a pastor to hear from God. Right? You don't have to wait for a preacher to hear from God. Uh, there's a whole lot in the Bible about mutual encouragement, digging it out from Scripture, and that sort of thing. So I'll leave it at that point. Um, The church is an entity, and a lot of the hierarchy, which if you read 1 Timothy, Paul's fine with leadership. If you read Titus, he's fine with leadership. He's fine with organization. As a church grows, it needs more. But it doesn't let us all off the hook. I'll leave that there. I thought verse 6 was really interesting to me. We've talked a lot in the past, uh, like when we went through Romans, we talked about what actually happens when we get saved, right? And, you know, the substitutionary penal atonement and the transactional thing that happens and how we're cleared from sin. And uh, we've talked about that kind of almost from God's perspective about how we're dealt with. I thought 6 was a really cool verse on how the gospel is what salvation is like from our perspective. Look at this. It says, the gospel, which has come to you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. So, we hear the gospel. We understand this grace of God in truth. We understand that it's God's grace toward us, all from him toward us, and we accept it by faith as truth. I guess the point I would make is that seeing God's grace as truth is essential for salvation, but it's also essential for the Christian walk after salvation. Does God's timing always make sense? Does it ever make sense? (laughs) Yes. Do do the circumstances we find ourselves in always make sense? Do God's methods always make sense? But what do we do? We accept it as God's grace. We accept it as true. And we go with it. And that's not just how we get saved it's how we walk as people who are saved so we'll leave it there and uh, give you something to think about try to read it way through at least once this week thank you for your grace apply to us that we believe it that we can trust it that we can be changed by it i pray that you'd help us to apply it more the purpose of bringing your kingdom to earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody.